And a very good morning behind the scenes interview time here on Worcester Radio. Our guest in studio today, our frequent visitor and friend Rory Lewandowski from the OSU Extension Office. And Rory, as I say, good morning to you. I'll let our listeners know out there our topic today is building a productive farm culture. Uh, first off, Rory, farm culture. What is it? Why do I need it? And if I'm a farmer out there listening, why is this something really that I should care about? Sure. Well, Ron, those uh, those are good questions because admittedly, uh, this topic is a little more abstract than discussing, you know, things like planting rates or, you know, annual forage uh, options, any of those scouting, those kinds of things, uh, you know, milking parlor procedures. However, uh, establishing a productive farm culture, it's important for the profitability and the success of the farm business and in developing a really an effective human resource program on the farm, a place where people want to work and enjoy working. So when I talk about farm culture, I'm looking at what a farm business focuses on. What are the points of pride for that farm? Uh, what's the work atmosphere like? How do farm employees and family members feel about working on the farm? Farm culture involves the farm beliefs, its traditions, habits, assumptions, and norms of behavior. It seems to me, anyway, Rory, that with all the day-to-day tasks, and there are many that, that go on on a, on a farm, thinking about the, the culture of the farm could be you know, low priority. Mm-hmm. Why should farm owners or, or farm managers direct their, their time and energy toward developing and building up that farm culture? Well, an important point here, Ron, is that uh, every workplace and every farm, you have a culture. Uh, even if... Even if you're managers or owners, uh, you're not consciously working towards establishing a culture, it's there. Uh, that, that atmosphere has been established. A farm's culture is really built over time, and it's based on the hows and the whys of the everyday operation of that farm. So a significant portion of farm culture is, is how communication takes place, uh, how the people, uh, family members, employees, service personnel, uh, anyone who steps on that farm, how are they treated? It has to do with family and employee satisfaction. How do they perceive their value to the farm? How satisfied are they with the work they're doing? For most of us, it does take an effort to create a positive work environment. So rather than leave farm culture to random chance, uh, I believe it's probably better to be a little more intentional about the time of far- the type of farm culture that you want to build. Okay, Roy, provide us examples, if you would, of non-productive versus productive farm cultures. How do they compare? You know, what specifically does each one look like? Sure. Uh, well, I guess I can use uh, my experience in growing up on a family farm as a, a kind of an example of, a, unfortunately, a non-productive farm culture. Uh, of course, you know, at that time, we didn't use the term farm culture or really give any thought to the concept. Uh, maybe that was part of the issue. But on my farm, uh, my father was the ultimate authority. Uh, we didn't dare question his decisions or judgments. Uh, any opinions or comments about other ways of doing a job or doing business uh, were seldom valued. Uh, so we didn't have an atmosphere where any kind of open discussion was encouraged or where individual talents were cultivated or you know, work efforts uh, received any kind of acknowledgement or thanks. Now, the farm I grew up on is no longer an active functioning farm. In contrast, uh, I can think of several Wayne County dairy farms where employees are, are happy in their work environment, uh, open discussion is certainly encouraged, uh, including times where maybe even disagreeing about things is in, encouraged as a way to get other viewpoints and perspectives. Now, those farms have high employee retention. 
The farm owner or manager provides encouragement, positive affirmation for the work being done. So again, examples of two very different farm cultures. Rory, are, are there some concrete actions across the board that can help to, to build a productive and, and positive farm culture? You know, you mentioned being intentional about building said culture. Step by step, how did you get there? How does, how does that start? Right. Yeah. Well, one reference uh, that I'm using is the uh, Farm Workforce Development 2019 Human Resource Manual. And in this case, FARM stands for Farmers Assuring Responsible Management. Uh, that manual suggests that farms create a clear mission and vision statement. Uh, that's an important step. Uh, they then should develop a code of conduct along with a business ethics policy, again, as first steps in building or improving a positive farm culture. Well, let's look briefly at each of these documents, beginning with the mission and vision statements. How are they written? Why are they valuable in developing a, a productive farm culture? Okay, well, the mission statement is just, uh, it's just short. It's no more than one or two sentences. It's a statement of why the farm business exists, uh, what the purpose of the farm is. A vision statement, then, is another short statement about where the farm is going in the future, what the farm will look like in the future. These two statements can help to guide the farm business decisions. Uh, they become a part of the farm's employee guidelines as well. So I can provide uh, examples of good farm mission and vision statements uh, to any interested listener. Rory Levandusky joining us in studio today talking about building a productive farm culture. And Rory, what's involved in developing a code of conduct and business ethics policy? Why is this important in the discussion of building a productive farm culture? You know, it's interesting, I, I think, as far as a code of conduct and, and an ethics policy, when you're talking about individual businesses, it's it's something that's expected, but right. not necessarily in, in in the farming world. Although, you know, it it as you talked and and we've gone over it, it really should be, and it really is a vital thing. Right, especially as you consider uh, the farm as a as a business operation. So, um, you're right, Ron. This these documents really need to be able to to guide they. And they do provide a guideline on how the farm relates to employees and family members. So, you know, whether you're non-family or not family, uh, all that, how that farm relates to also vendors, suppliers, and even how it relates to the local community. Uh, so in some cases, these are two separate documents. Uh, maybe they're just one combined document. But uh, topics or policies that are typically covered in these documents include how farm workers relate to each other. Uh, you know, some guidance for their conduct, how, farm, how the farm team functions, uh, how it deals with harassment or discrimination, how it deals with alcohol and substance abuse, uh, smoking policies, personal phone calls and, and texting at work, uh, workplace safety, public relations with the public and neighbors, uh, the farm's policy and stance on animal care and welfare, which is becoming obviously more and more important uh, in our world. Uh, we look at general work policies and expectations, including job performance and, and how conflicts are handled on the farm. So again, these documents guide daily operations and relationships, as well as provide guidance on how a farm reacts to and responds to adversity and crisis. It goes back to being intentional about creating a farm culture. And again, I can provide an example of these documents from that farm uh, human resource manual to any interested listener. Okay, well... What if a farm is not satisfied with its current culture? Easy to look at something and say, okay, I don't like how this right. is going. 
a little bit more difficult to say, I don't like this is where we're at, how we're going, and this is how we need to make a change. You know, how are changes in farm culture made? Because uh, I'm sure it's a lot easier said than done. Right. And and one one point here is that, you know, there's always room for improvement in farm culture. We we don't have, the, you know, the, the perfect farm culture, so there's always that room for improvement. And the goal uh, really for a productive and positive workplace is to have engaged workers. That's that's really what we want. We want those workers to feel a vital part of the operation, that they're happy there. Uh, so, And again, that goes back to whether they're family or non-family. Uh, we we want to make sure that those workers are also are treating each other in s- respectfully, uh, that they enjoy what they're doing and they're productive. So improvement in the farm culture always starts at the top. Uh, so What's the farm owner or farm manager? What are they doing? What are they modeling? Uh, These people set the standard. They have to understand the farm mission, the vision, and the workplace policies, and they have to be capable of implementing and enforcing those codes of conduct, farm business ethics, and again, modeling everything that's in those documents. Rory, some specific examples, please, of actions that are helpful in building a positive and, and also a productive farm culture. Sure, Ron. So here are some examples. So, um, you know, act with respect towards all farm workers in the way you talk with them. Uh, So again, uh, you know, no necessarily harsh language, uh, no calling of names, uh, no characterizing them in in ways that are that would be hurtful to their self-image. So for farms that employ non-native English speakers, something like providing work-related training documents in their native language or maybe making an effort to learn some simple phrases in their native language are going to foster a more inclusive work environment. Um, another good thing, and it's, it's uh, again, pretty simple, but just take some time to say thank you to your farm workers. Again, whether those are family members, whether those are non-family members, thank them for the work they have done. Uh, take some time to recognize and point out when a job is well done. Acknowledge it. Uh, and then finally, another action, encourage differing opinions, ideas, and, and perspectives. Uh, don't just write them off, but be willing to listen. Well, Rory, as you mentioned at the top, a little bit more abstract of a topic today as opposed to this is how you do this job, this is how you go about that. But if someone wants to find out more information about today's topic uh, or maybe find a place where they can listen to the interview again, right. uh, let them know what they should do. Yeah, they can contact me at the Wayne County Extension Office at 330-264-8722. I can provide them with some of the information and resources we've talked about. And then, as you mentioned, uh, this broadcast is available as a podcast, again, courtesy of WQKT Radio. Rory, as always, good to have you in here. Thanks again. Thank you, Ron. Appreciate it. Once again, our guest in studio this morning from the OSU Extension Office, Rory Levandusky. We'll step aside for a quick break. Hope you'll stay tuned. Much more to come as we'll check in with your five-day forecast up next here on Worcester Radio.